0: And we're back in this part three of three of the S word, AKA sleep. Now we're covering more myth busting today, talking about sleep regression and learning what this cry it out method is all about with our guest, Rosalie, a pediatric sleep consultant and founder and owner of Plume Sleep Solution. She lives out in Vancouver, BC with her husband and two kiddos with her background in psychology and nursing. She is helping people navigate behavior change and supporting them through sleep. She has worked in healthcare for 10 years, providing lifestyle counseling to people of all ages and stages. Alright, a quick reminder here, on this podcast, we're making every effort to broadcast correct information and to keep it as general as possible for all of our listeners. On this podcast, we're having conversations with guests, exploring parenting topics like sleep, and any information shared are general and are not to be used as treatment for any medical conditions and you yourself or others consult with your healthcare provider for any medical issues that you might be having all right okay here we go myth number two short naps mean horrible nights
1: yeah yeah it's it that naps are a tricky one up until about five months of age short naps are really really common um super common for newborns two three four five month olds to have a nap that lasts one sleep cycle and that can really, so a sleep cycle is about 30 to 45 minutes for babies. Okay. That one sleep cycle can really kind of leave them feeling refreshed and they're up. Ideally we'd love naps to be over an hour. Mm -hmm. That's the ideal length we we'd like. So if you have short naps, essentially what it comes down to, if you have short naps all day is that your child is going to be building a Mm -hmm. debt for being extra tired they're gonna be reaching that phase of being overtired and the main message here is overtiredness often leads to difficulties falling asleep and multiple night wakings so with these young babies I would say you know try a nap in the crib or a bassinet if it's a half hour okay you take it have a nap in there that might be a contact nap, a motion nap. So in a stroller or in a mm-hmm. carrier where you're allowing your child to get a bit of a longer stretch during the day as well, just so we're making sure they're not getting to nighttime, totally wiped and over Yeah,
0: I know some parents out there, like they have their babies or toddlers and they can sleep anywhere. They yes. can fall asleep anywhere. Right? I'm, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm jealous. Yeah. Whereas like with my own kids, like, our, our first child, she napped best in her crib. Yeah, same. We've tried, like, going out and doing what our friends were doing. <laughs> Their child slept perfectly fine on the restaurant bench, right? And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> Where did here we on- go wrong? <laughs> and, and here, you know, my my little one is, like, screaming because she can't fall asleep because she's not in her crib. but. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I get that. We had kind of a similar situation too. <laughs> Couldn't sleep on the go. I don't right? know why. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I knew it is. So uh, miss busting number three here. So here we go. Late nights equal late mornings.
1: Mm, that is one that is loved by many people. <laughs> Often you get it as advice from someone. <laughs> Just- yeah baby to bed later and they'll sleep in that is rarely 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 yeah. rarely the case I don't know if you've ever had experience with that Aaron but oh, even it
0: will it'll, it'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll trial by error yeah. <laughs> right we we, we it, like you said it was advice given to us you know we're, we're gonna have a nice sleep everyone's gonna sleep in tomorrow morning kind of thing but we paid for it <laughs> right right? right
1: six o'clock
0: yeah <laughs>
1: That's that's the same, yeah. So honestly, that that is a myth. Yeah. Um, you you do get you hear it a lot from people in terms of advice, but it comes back to that child being overtired. Mm-hmm. You're putting them to bed unless they're on a different schedule. So often we look at nights as kind of twelve hours for a child. So most children are seven to seven is how we look at that nighttime. Some kids and um, have a schedule of nine to nine, mm-hmm. and so. For them, a later bedtime may equate to a later wake-up time because that's how their body clock runs. But if your child is on a regular schedule of kind of seven to seven, putting them to bed at nine, 99% of the time does not equate to them sleeping past that seven Seven. o'clock. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, And, you know, we've tried not tried it but we've had situations where we end up being out later than we think and we think oh we're exhausted the kids are definitely exhausted they're gonna sleep in absolutely not sick (laughs) they often wake up earlier they often have a worse sleep and wake up earlier
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah, and it has something to do maybe about that whole natural circadian rhythm that's built in right internally Mm -hmm. in you so yeah yeah like our you know our our daughter back then she was like a nine to nine which was nice we got a couple of hours in the morning Mm -hmm. but you know if something happened earlier in the day it was really hard to to change that nine to nine to shift it Mm -hmm. um but it's still you know you have to look at it as you know it's it's 12 hours you need they need 12 hours yeah Um, so they gotta stick with it so switching her into like getting to like her a day home or preschool when the hours start a lot earlier yes was really difficult because yes. her whole infancy it was always 9 to 9 but having to shift it to like 7 to 7 took some time
1: yeah and i can imagine it took a number of weeks for her oh, yeah. body to adjust to that change yeah,
0: yeah. all right myth busting number 4 is sleep regression real
1: yes yes so the one regression that is very, very real and can be defined as regression. So often a regression is defined as a setback in sleep. So we'll often see a child waking up more frequently or struggling to fall asleep um, by themselves. So the one that is very well known is that four month sleep regression. Mm -hmm. And that is where child structure of sleep. So their whole sleep architecture is actually changing as a newborn. They have kind of two stages of sleep. Okay. They have REM sleep and non-REM. Mm -hmm. So deep and active sleep at at around four months, it can happen anywhere from three to five months. There is going to be a reorganization of that sleep structure where they kind of split into that four stages of sleep, which they will follow into adulthood. Mm -hmm. So that often causes a pretty significant sleep regression for many children, not everyone, but many children will. And that's because it's a huge shift going on for them. And mm-hmm. I like to call it kind of a progression because it is, they're developing totally appropriately.
0: Right. It's not
1: a regression in that sense.
0: That's a good way to put it. Yeah.
1: Here. But their sleep does get impacted oftentimes. Yeah. So because they're fitting in these extra stages of sleep, they're, they're spending more time in a light sleep and they're transitioning a bit more quickly in a sense through those stages. Right. So you tend to see more wake-ups overnight where this becomes a big regression is as parents, if we or guardians, if we aren't responding consistently to our child, if we start introducing new ways to try and get them to sleep, then our child may start to depend on those new props or sleep associations. Mm-hmm. So let's say you had a great sleeper until four months, uh, they go through this progression where their, their sleep structure is reorganized. And you find your child starts waking up multiple times overnight. So you start feeding them again an extra three times overnight when they weren't having those feeds before, right. but it helps them get back to sleep. Yeah. So by reintroducing that, your child is going to start developing that association that mm-hmm. if I wake up, I'll cry for mom mm-hmm. or dad they'll provide either a feed or maybe they'll provide a rock, something that's going to get me back to sleep and feeling comfortable. And then I go back to sleep for a little bit. And when I wake up again, I'm going to cry again and Mm -hmm. I need that. And so they kind of develop this dependency that wasn't maybe there before. So that's where that regression can become a bit problematic for people. As long as you remain consistent in in your approach and how you respond to your baby, though, a lot of kids can do okay going through that progression. Yeah. The other regressions, you know, aren't as well studied. This we know there's a real reason for why there's a change in sleep. The other regressions that pop up um, are often associated with developmental milestones.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: things like crawling, walking, language development. So what we encourage for those to help people get through those, those little regressions are setbacks that Again, those are progressions They're They are totally appropriate for your yeah. child, right? But it can cause a bit of an impact on sleeping.
0: Sleep,
1: yeah. What we recommend is giving your child a lot of opportunity during the day to practice those skills so that at night when they're transitioning sleep cycles and come to this kind of almost awake period before going into the next sleep cycle, it's not the time that they wake up saying, oh, I want to <laughs> practice crawling right now, or I want to practice standing for a bit. If you give them a lot of opportunity during the day. Yeah. They're going to master that skill a lot more quickly. Yeah. And it shouldn't impact their sleep for as long.
0: Totally. I hear you. Right. And there's, there's been numerous times where I would check our baby monitor and it's like middle of the night. Yes. (laughs) Why are they standing? (laughs) And it's because, yeah, like you said, it's a new fascinating skill um, that they developed and they, they want, they're, they're so happy about it. Yeah. So they want to like showcase it and, and, and further develop and master it. So they're going to stand up and they're going to be happy and they're going to, you know, <laughs> Hey mom, so, Hey dad. <laughs> yeah. They're going to, they're going to call for you and they're going to be like laughing. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, light down. <laughs> right? But you're, you're actually yeah. right. Like I, it, 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 it's a progression. They yeah. are learning this. So why wouldn't you be excited? They woke up know. in the middle of the night. And they don't want to put themselves back to it because they just remembered that earlier today, they did something amazing, mm-hmm. which was standing or cruising. So I'm going to do it now. So exactly. Yeah. It's a good yeah.
1: So their wake time between naps, awesome opportunity to yeah. get them, you know, down on the floor, practicing these skills, yeah. interacting with you, getting outside, really encouraging them to develop and master those skills during the daytime, as opposed to the nighttime.
0: Totally. <laughs> Oh, so cool. I'm going to throw out one more thing to you, um, mm-hmm. Rosa. The, there's this popular method out there and maybe it's the old school. I don't know. It's the cry it out method mm-hmm. versus more gentler method. What's your take on that whole cry it out method and the more gentler method? Or, and is there something in between?
1: The cry it out tends to be a more dated method, the Ferber method. Nowadays, not many sleep consultants Use that approach, we use a more kind of a combination or a more gentle approach, so I think you know sleep training or teaching whatever whatever you you want to call it does get a bit of a bad rep mm-hmm. associated with it because it's always associated to this cry out, and there's this assumption that we are asking parents not to respond to their babies, which is not at all the yeah. case yeah really. We we know how, how important sleep is for children in terms of their development, their mental health, well-being, growth. And it's equally as important for parents to be getting that, to be able to function um, as present and caring parents during the day. So our goal is, as sleep consultants is really to help this family achieve the sleep they need. So that consolidated yeah. uninterrupted sleep overnight. Now, in our approach, probably be a few tears from, Mm -hmm. from baby. But I want to assure you that that is very, very normal. When we look at crying and how babies communicate with their parents or guardians, they don't have words yet developed. So Mm -hmm. essentially when they have some feelings, whether they're sad, hungry, tired, frustrated, in pain, hot, cold, whatever it is, they will cry to let you know how they're feeling. And it's up to us to interpret those cries. Right. And sometimes it takes a bit of trial and error, Of well, I'm going to change your diaper. Oh, that wasn't it. Okay. Well, are you too yeah. hot? Let's, have, You know, so it takes yeah. a bit of figuring that puzzle out. So when we go ahead and change up a baby's routine, so let's say you were a rocking baby to sleep before. And we ask you, let's try putting baby to bed awake. Mm-hmm. That change in routine for baby is going to cause a bit of unknown, maybe a bit of frustration for yeah. them saying, well, I'm not too sure how to do this. I'm used to you taking me to the dark closet, doing your squats and coming back. And I'm already asleep, asleep. Yeah, Right. And so they, they may cry. They may very well cry because it's a change for them, but it's the same with adults, right? Yeah. If something changes that we're not used to, we might meet it with a bit of protest.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, it's giving the, giving your baby the opportunity to gain a new skill. yeah and it and and it's kind of like going to that you're you're building them up for you know baby steps pun of words baby steps for self-soothing
1: exactly
0: if they don't if they've never been introduced to it before then they will never build that skill so for you as a parent doing this more gentler method putting them to bed while they're awake they have this opportunity to try the skill
1: Exactly. It's kind of like riding a bike, yep. right? It's a new skill that they have to learn and there's a process behind that and they're going to need practice. But unless yeah. we give them that opportunity to practice, they will never learn that skill um, and that's yeah. where they wake up. So our, yeah. my approach, and I think what a lot of sleep consultants nowadays do is we really do encourage a present and responsive approach throughout the process. So we mm-hmm. don't ask clients to do anything that would cause damage in that relationship with their baby yeah. Yeah. and we often have parents right there in the room with baby as they're trying to figure out this this new skill so yeah from from my perspective you know i do take a more gentle approach i really like to meet parents where they're at and their comfort level, that's the most important thing. Um, a huge predictor to success and helping kids kind of figure this new skill out is consistency on the parents' part. So if the parents aren't comfortable with their approach, then it's not going to work. It has yeah. to be what you're comfortable with and totally. your needs. It
0: has to be a team effort. Like if you have a partner with you in the house, like both of you need to be on the same page of what? Yeah. How, how are you going to do this? Because if, if I'm doing this and then you go back and do the old method, it's creating more frustration it's really confusing
1: it's confusing yeah Yeah. you know in that newborn phase or even like three four months picking up for a moment to calm baby down Mm -hmm. can be beneficial as they get older yeah it can really (laughs) actually make the kid more angry but it totally depends on the parents so again I leave that into uh, up to them and what they're comfortable with we I also even have a more even more gentle approach in a sense that parents can sit in the room. Totally. Um, And that's an option too. There are so many different ways of how we can approach, you know, helping a child learn how to sleep. That if, you know, you are ever hesitant or you're worried about the approach, I really encourage you to reach out to me or to someone that you're comfortable with just to chat because we have a a lot of different ways that we can go about it to make sure you are comfortable and that it is a place where you are feeling confident about going forward with, with the plan. And that too, if it doesn't work one way, we are completely able to revise the plan and modify it as we go to make it fit your family needs.
0: And that is so awesome. And that's just a good way to wrap up our uh, podcast here is that there is no one right way of doing it. Um, Mm -hmm. Reach out and get some support. And hopefully that support will take a look at what your needs are and build something that is personalized. For you yeah. and, and that that works for you and make make sure that you're advocating for yourself as well of the plan because you as a parent you're the expert of what's mm-hmm. going on as well so make make sure that you do speak out and find some support and be very clear of like hey you know what this is not working or or hey this is working yeah. um can we build on this I guess the takeaway message is you know there isn't one right way of doing this it's not um, a one so, size fits yeah. all yeah, yeah. So it's very
1: much personalized to each child, what their temperament is to build an approach that is appropriate for them. So awesome. But I love what you said, Aaron, about advocate for yourself. Definitely do say what's working, say what's not working. Ask questions.
0: Totally. Um, Yeah. There's resources out there, um, folks. So reach out. I'm going to put Rosa's information down in the description. You can also find her on social media. By the way, social media, she is rocking it on social media <laughs> folks so if you haven't seen her on social media yet what's your handle again
1: yeah at Plume Sleep.
0: at Plume Sleep. <laughs> check her out look at her you know instagram reels and stories i love what she's doing about it to, re- to reach out to just to the everyday parent it's just so neat what she's doing so take Thank a look you. at that she also has a website that you can go to and your website is
1: Plumesleep.com.
0: So check it out. She's got services from newborn all the way until when? About oh, eight years old. Eight years old, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's never too late.
0: No, yeah. Don't wait. <laughs> Even don't,
1: adult. Yeah.
0: Don't wait until you're <laughs> don't wait. Child's 18 and say, oh God. yeah <laughs> but yeah, definitely look, look at her stuff. Thank you so much, Rosa, for being on our podcast. And it was really nice catching up with you and finding out oh. where you're at nowadays.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Aaron, for having me. It was really neat to, yeah, to reconnect in this in this environment.
0: Yeah, for sure. Head on over to at Kolo Families. Check us out as well. We have uh, childbirth education classes, infant feeding. Maybe you have some questions around play, how to interact with your little one, developmental milestones and all that stuff. Give us a shout out. DM us on social media we're active on it our website also has intake form as well so take a look on that note we're going to sign off here so here at Cola families thanks for taking 15 minutes with us we probably went over time it's all good though so again flip through our podcast to find other episodes stay well families you're doing awesome and we will catch you next time